His lovely wife, Jennifer, they're with us, just uh, decided to just kick it and come down and be with us. We had a great time last evening, and uh, he's not the cousin that I always got in trouble with. It was his brother. <clears throat> Matter of fact, his brother was so bad, if you look at Alton's hand, he's missing part of his finger because his brother told him to stick that in the bicycle chain while it was turned over, and he was turning it, and he cut off the end of Alton's finger. So uh, that's how bad Kenneth was. But anyway, he's not here to defend himself, but uh, we got into a whole lot of trouble growing up. He's the one that I told you if he ever came over, cops always came over too. And <clears throat> so anyway, but we're delighted to see you, and uh, thank you for, for being here. You only live once, and so I want to talk with you today about getting out of your comfort zone. Now, we, we are accustomed to comfort, and we love comfort. Uh, I mean, when we buy a car, we make sure it's got comfortable seats. We make sure the A.C. works and we can be comfortable. Uh, matter of fact, at this time of the year, I mean, even with A.C., if you're not careful, it can be uncomfortable. Amen. I see someone fanning now, and it's probably 70 degrees in here, 71. But what you need to do, or what you need to know, is that we have got to get out of our comfort zone. How many of you remember riding a bike for the first time, a bicycle? <clears throat> How'd that go for you? Huh? Probably didn't go so well. I can remember my first time on a skateboard as well. That didn't go so well either. In, a, uh, in January, matter of fact, I'll be on a snowboard for the very first time with all my family, and there'll be three GoPros going, so you'll probably get to see that as well. But I'm going to give it a whirl. I'm going to give it a shot. Amen. It's a little bit out of my comfort zone, but I, I'm okay with that. Now, Kelly's already vowed that she ain't getting on it. So, but here's what, here's what we got to understand. When we first saw that bicycle, we looked at that and we said, man, what would it be if we could ride around like everybody else? Man, they're riding in bikes and they're having such fun and they're cutting their walk time, you know, by uh, 90%, you know. And we really want to ride a bike. And um, some of us had people to help us along. Uh, my dad was working, my mom was working, so I just sort of got the bicycle and leaned up against the edge of the house and, and got this pedal ready, and I'd sort of push myself a little bit till I got to about center of gravity, and I'd stand down on that pedal, and, you know, the question hit me is, how am I going to get this thing started? And then it hit me, how am I going to get this thing stopped? You know? And then what's going to happen if I fall over? Because, I, you know, you've seen somebody riding a bicycle. It's like some of y'all drive, you know what I mean? You know, I mean, it's just, <laughs> anyway, um, so I remember doing everything I could do, and here's the deal. You got to get out of your comfort zone. In order to ride the bike, you cannot stay locked to the bicycle rack. You cannot, if you're going to ride the bike, one day you got to take the training wheels off. Now, some of us have gotten so accustomed to the training wheels that we want everything to make sure we're stable, that we're not going to move too far to the left or too far to the right, uh, and we never get to enjoy leaning into a turn. Huh? We never get to enjoy riding the bike the way we ought to because we want to be comfortable and secure in our little cocoon that says you're not going to get hurt, baby. Uh, have you ever seen any moms, now don't look around right now, just look right at me, that they didn't want their child to even try to walk? You know, they didn't want him to get near water, and I understand that to a degree, but at some point they got to learn to swim. 
right? People flipped out when I threw Carly in the pool when she was like two and a half or something. I don't know. I went with her, but nonetheless, she swam like a fish. And my mother-in-law killed me if she was there. She don't roll like that. Are y'all with me? But, but I had them around my neck, and I'm diving off diving boards when they were little things. And, you know, my parents, uh, well, my dad was all right with it, but um, the rest of them was having a cow because that was way beyond their comfort zone. What it was was they knew they wasn't going to go get them because they were scared to swim too. <laughs> anyway, so let, let me say this. Why is it important for us to get out of our comfort zone? I think it's important because we have missed out on so much while playing it safe. Now, you know I'm going to apply this spiritually. I'm not talking about just riding your little red bicycle somewhere. But some of us have played it so safe in kingdom work. I mean, we got saved, we got sanctified, we got filled with the Spirit, if we did, and then we sit right here and we, we'll, we'll come to church, but we're never going to jump into anything deeper. We're not going to never dive into something unless we know the end result from the beginning. So let me ask you this, where's faith in that? I had a, uh, an overseer told me one time, I was worried about building this building. I was a little concerned, and I know some of y'all say, well, I wouldn't be concerned about it and whatever, but, uh, you know, it, it's a little bit different situation. But I remember him telling me, he says, listen, Michael, if you hadn't got no faith to do it, then go to McDonald's and flip hamburgers. And I'm not knocking flipping hamburgers at McDonald's. Are y'all with me? But what he's saying is it don't require no faith to go do that. Just flip the hamburgers and serve the people and, you know, hopefully make $15 an hour uh, soon. Anyway, um, but he says, go do something safe. And, and, you know, that's not the deal for me. So once I learned to ride a bike, I realized how much I had been missing. I realized that, that I'm missing out on some things. I enjoy riding a bike. And next thing you know, I'm laying a board up on something like this, and I'm jumping over a garbage can. Y'all probably, you might not have took it that far, but we did where I come from. Because, you know, if you could jump one, you might be able to jump two. And so we've done crazy stuff like that, but I bet you you've got something in your mind, too, that you remember when, when you tried to do it and you were scared to do it. Maybe it was driving a car. Oh, I'll never forget the, when I taught Kelly how to drive a straight ship. It's been a long time, and she ain't never learned how to drive a straight ship because once she tore the fence down and half the car off, she just decided she wasn't getting back out of that comfort zone no more. It had to be an automatic, baby. So uh, anyway, that was a real experience. So you should have been with me. But um, if, if there's things that you're scared to death to try, and the devil has got you strapped down because you won't even try. Are you with me? We've lived in that safe place. We've lived in that little cocoon, and we've never afforded ourselves the opportunity to see the provision of God. Because if you know how everything's going to work out, then where's faith in that? Amen? But when that little woman listened to Elijah and made him a cake first, it meant she had nothing left, that's when you really lay it on the line. When's the last time you really put it out on the line? Now, I'm not talking about buying a whole bunch of lottery tickets with all your paycheck. Some of y'all doing that. Uh, listen, when is the last time that you said, you know what, God, I'm going for broke for you. I'm going to lay it out there, Lord. I'm scared to death to lead this group. I'm scared to death to dive into this. I'm scared of rejection. I'm scared of failure. I I'm scared of being scared. I'm scared of all of that. But, Lord, if you will go with me, I will try. You see, because sometimes and while we're in what we call our comfort zone, let me tell you something, you and I call it a comfort zone, Satan calls it a prison. While we're in our, 
little, you know, comfort area, our padded room, if you will, so that we don't get hurt, we don't scrape ourselves, we don't bruise ourselves, we don't break a bone. And I'm speaking spiritually too. We never get, listen, you're going to get ruffled up. That's just how it is. You know, you just got to tell a football player, hey, suck it up, buttercup. You're going to get hit. You're going to get the wind knocked out of you. You're going to twist your ankle at some point. They're going to have to tape you up, wrap you up, probably carry you off at some point. That's part of the risk of playing the game. Now, I understand we've got to use our, our, our sense, but so many times the devil has scared us to the point we got to put our seatbelt on, we're in a padded room, and, oh, God, I don't want nothing to happen to me. I don't want nothing to happen either, but I'm not stupid enough to think that, that we can go through life without anything happening. That's just part of it. Uh, so, but listen, that comfort zone will become a prison. We'll say, I'll never be able to become better than this. I'll never be able to overcome this. We'll never make it. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Hello? That's right. We have to be able to do better. We have to be able to dream. Now, uh, let me go. You see, we're called to live by faith and to trust God for things beyond our ability to control. But so many of us, if we can't control it, we don't want a part of it. Oh, yeah. So we want the sure thing. We want a safe route. But, but, but let me take you here. I've got to take you to Numbers 13 real quick. I'll tell you a story. And this story is about Moses you know, they left Egypt. We've been talking about that on Wednesday night. They left Egypt. It's called the Exodus. whole book of the Bible is named about it. They've been there for 400 years. Now, they're leaving out, and they're on their way to Canaan land. And it's only supposed to take 40 days to get there. So 40 days, they got there, and then Moses sent out one spy from every tribe. There's 12 tribes of Israel. So 12 men is appointed, two of which are Caleb, uh, the, and, and the other is Joshua. And they're going into this Canaan land, this beautiful land, and they're charged with Numbers 13 and 17 says, Moses gave these the instructions to explore the land. Go north through the Negev and the hill country and see what the land is like. Find out whether the people living there are strong or weak or few or many. And um, he, he says, just check it out, if you will. See what uh, the land is like and if it's a good land or a bad land. Do they have walls? Are they unprotected? Is it open camps? And, you know, and bring us back a sample, if you can, of some of the fruit. So, uh, you know, they, they've gone 40 days from Egypt, and now they find themselves in, the, in Canaan land, and Moses just outside and all the children of Israel, and he sends in some spies, and they go in there and stay for 40 days. And in the 40 days, they look around, and it happened to be in, in the season of the first ripe grapes. Verse 21 says, uh, or, or verse 23 says, when they came to the valley of Eschol, they cut down a branch, a single cluster of grapes, and they had to run a, a, a stick through it, and one man put it on his shoulder, and a man back there put it on his shoulder, and the grapes drug the ground like a deer coming out of the woods. Good Lord of mercy. Huh? How would you like to pay for them at Walmart? Hello? Yeah. That was what the grapes was like. And then they grabbed a couple of pomegranates. And, and, man, they said the fruit in this place is absolutely amazing. I mean, God sent us in here, and this is a beautiful, beautiful land. It flows with milk and honey. They brought back some pomegranates and some figs. And, you know, so then verse 25, they come back to the people after 40 days, and they said to Moses, they said, after exploring the land for 40 days, 
They returned to Moses and Aaron. The whole community of Israel was gathered at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. And they reported to the whole community what they had seen. And they showed them the evidence. They showed them the fruit that they had taken from the land. And um, this was their report to Moses. Watch this. He said, we entered into the land. And uh, it is indeed a bountiful, bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. And here is the kind of fruit that it produces. And, but the people living there are powerful people. Watch this. Their towns are large. They're fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Um, and that was the descendants of, of, of Goliath, if you will, in that, uh, that same vein. But the people living there, they're large, they're powerful. And, and he said, we, we saw giants and the Amalekites live in the Negev and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites and the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean and, and all along the Jordan Valley. And so they're saying, here's the fruit, but. How many of you know that your but often negates everything you've said to that point? Lord, I would do this, but. I, I would go here, but, and, and so watch this verse 30. Caleb tried to quiet the people, you know, uh, as they stood before Moses and said this, let's go at once and take the land. We will certainly conquer it. This is Caleb talking. I, I know the men are big. I know they got fortified walls, but look at this fruit. Look at these figs. Look at the pomegranates. Remember the milk. Remember the honey. God is with us. Let's go do it. In other words, let's get out of our comfort zone. I don't know how they called the wilderness comfort, but nonetheless. So uh, uh, the, the Bible says, but other men that had explored the land with them disagreed. So I'm, I'm going to do a message one day that says minority wins. Caleb and Joshua was the only ones who gave a good report. The other ten said, no, 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 no. I know it's beautiful grapes. I know the pomegranates are big, and I know this, but I know how big them people are. And here's what the other ten did. They estimated the size of God too small to deliver them. Are you with me? And sometimes you and I don't do what God's called us to do because we esteem him small. And we say, we've got a big task before us, and we have a little God. I'm going to tell you, my faith says if God will go with me, I can go. Caleb later on would say, See, Caleb's about 40 here. When he's 85, he, he, he says, you know what? If God will be with me, uh, I can take this land. I know I'm an old man now, but I'm as strong in God as I was when I was 40. Give me that mountain where the sons of Anak live, and I'll drive them out. So the land we traveled through, they said, we explored it. Uh, uh, it it devours anyone that goes there to live. And the people, they're huge. And the giants are there, the descendants of Anax. And we're like grasshoppers to them. And they know it. That's what the 10 guys said. Notice Numbers 14. Numbers 14, the people begin to rebel. It says, the whole community began weeping aloud. And they cried all night long. And uh, they, they said something to Moses and Aaron. They said, if only we had died in Egypt. See, you know what they were in Egypt? They were slaves. Some people would rather die in slavery and comfort than to live in freedom. Some people would rather die in slavery because it's the known. It's the comfortable to them. They would rather die in what they know than to live in what is free and live in the provision that God has given them. Watch this. He says, why 
Excuse me. If only we had died in Egypt or in the wilderness, they begin to complain. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Why is the Lord doing this to us? Our wives and our little ones are going to be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better to go back to Egypt? I don't want to go back to slavery. I don't want to go back to have to make bricks. And if I don't make as many bricks as they think, they beat me with a leather strap every night. Y'all forget about that. No, I don't want to go back to slavery. I don't want to go back to be pushed around and have to serve the Pharaoh and the Egyptians. I would rather fight with God on my side and have this whole land of promise. So, they, verse 5, Moses and Aaron fell on their face into the ground. The whole community of Israel and the two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua and Caleb, they tore their clothes and they said to the people of Israel, I want you to see what they said to the people of Israel. They implored them, the land that we're traveling through and we explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land. He will give it to us. It is a rich land. It's flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are helpless prey to us. Did you see that? No, no. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Exclamation point. Don't be afraid of them. What he's saying is don't be scared to get out of your comfort zone. Why would you rather be a slave in Egypt when you can be free in Canaan? Don't be afraid of them. Get out of your comfort zone. But the whole community, watch this. But the whole community began to talk about Stoning Joshua and Caleb. They would rather kill their leader and defy the leadership that God had given them to set them free and to give their children a wonderful place. They would rather kill them and go back to slavery than they had get out of their comfort zone. And some of us are living in our comfort zone right now. We go to church, we pay our tithes, but God's saying, I want something deeper from you. I want something more from you. I've called you to be greater than what you are. I've called you more than just to warm up a bench or more than just to pay a bill. I've got something for you. But we would rather sit in our comfort than trust God for the unknown. But I want to tell you something. If God is for me, who can be against me? If God goes with me, Lord have mercy. So let, let me say this, but the whole community began to talk about stoning them. The glorious presence of the Lord appeared in all of Israel at the tabernacle. The Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? He said, after all of the miraculous signs that I've done among them, you remember the ten plagues? Huh? You remember the killing of the firstborn? You remember all of that, the frogs, the lice, the flies, the river, the blood, and all of that? He said, I have extended my, I've put my power on display before them, and yet for all of this, they still do not trust me and would rather live in comfort in Egypt, which really wasn't comfort at all. That's how blind it is when you decide not to trust God. Amen? When you decide to just go it on your own, that's how foolish you'll start thinking. Now, uh, <clears throat> But we've got to trust God to get out of our comfort zone. So what does that mean for me and you? I'm glad you asked. For us to get out of our comfort zone. What does it mean in this setting today? Listen, if you're not saved and you're here today, getting out of your comfort zone is something like this. Believing what I've said today, knowing it's true. Because while I'm preaching right now, the Holy Spirit has already checked you. You've already felt goosebumps running up and down your spine. I know that. 
You already know that God is in the house. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ today. And the Bible says if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, we shall be saved. For with the heart or with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Romans 10, 9 and 10. So what getting out of your comfort zone looks like today is if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, put your trust in him and accept him. And, and, and then believe on him to be your savior. Tell, tell the world about Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Tell them about the decision by signing up to say, I'm going to be baptized. And I'm going to tell my friends and the world, the old man died and was covered over. And the new man is raised in newness of life in Jesus Christ. So commit to learning the scripture. Get out of your comfort zone. Commit to learning the scripture. How do you do that? Well, join a life group like Bible X. You ain't even got to join the life group. You can go on BibleX.com and it's free. Your excuses are gone. Don't even cost you no money. Amen. So you can do it by attending church regularly. You can do it by the YouVersion Bible. It's free in every language. You can do it by all of these things. And then, well, what does it mean if I'm saved? If you're saved, getting out of your comfort zone is offer somebody else hope. Share the gospel with somebody else. Step out and serve in the kingdom of God. Join a life group. Uh-oh, Alton, I wrote this before we talked. Commit to a mission trip. I talked to him last night after dinner about going to Guatemala with us. I started laughing when I was running over my notes this morning because I wrote it last Monday. <laughs> Commit to doing something for God that you've never done before, something that's maybe even scared you, something that sort of freaked you out, you wasn't real sure about. But commit to doing it. Uh, try something you've never tried. Try something that's going to cause you to dig deep for faith and courage. Put something on the line. Remember the Apostle Peter? I don't know if you remember, but let me refresh your memory. They're on the boat. It's the fourth watch of the night. They're scared to death. A storm has come up. They're on their way from, from this side uh, to the other. I've been on that very uh, sea, sea of Galilee there. <laughs> and they're out there, and they're scared to death. And, I mean, this storm is rocking that boat, bro. I mean, it is reeling and rocking. <clears throat> And they saw like a phantom, I mean a ghost it seemed, an apparition if you will. And they look and something's walking on the water. What is that? And they're scared to death. And Jesus said, it is I. Don't be afraid. And I want to tell you something. When they fed the 5,000 people and, and Jesus told them to get in the boat to go to the other side, you know where Jesus went? Went up on the mountain to pray. And he had a panoramic view of them the whole time. <laughs> they thought they were out of his sight and out of mind while he was up there praying. He sent them right into the heart of the storm so he could come walking to them in the fourth watch of the night. Hey, he comes walking. They said, it is the Lord. Peter came out to the very edge of the boat he said, Lord, if it's you, bid me come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. Out of his comfort zone. Now, I know a bunch of y'all, uh, you know, you fought the apostle because, you know, he was real loud. He was real boisterous. He oftentimes put his foot in his mouth. He said some cuss words he shouldn't. He got rebuked a few times. But I'll tell you this, you can't fault him for not having guts. 
Let me tell you something. When, they, when Jesus was crucified, John outran him to the tomb but was scared to go in. You know who went? Peter. He busted right up in there and said, where's he at? Are you hearing me? He got out and he began to walk. Whoa, how about it? I'm out of my comfort zone. Look here, mama, no hands. And he's looking at Jesus. But something happened. And he began to hear the boisterous waves, the crashing of the waves. He began to see the white caps, if you will. And all of a sudden, he quit looking at him and started looking at them. And as he took his eyes off of him and onto them, he started sinking. And just before he went under, he said, Lord, save me. And Jesus reached down and grabbed him by the hand and lifted him up and said, Wherefore didst thou doubt, O thee of little faith? Now, hey, all those back in the boat, come on, look at him, he told Peter, little, little faith. None of y'all even got out of the boat. So you can hush up with that. None of y'all even got out of the boat. And the Lord, you know what we see here? We see a picture of a man that said, I'll try it. I'll get out of my comfort zone. I'll go. I believe it's the Lord, and I'm going to go where he's at. If God will go with me. Here's another picture. If you do fail and you look up and say, Lord, save me, I'm about to go under. You reach up and he'll reach down. And right on top of water, he lifts you right back up like you're standing on a tube of four or a tube of 10 or a tube of 12 and walks to the boat with you. Stand with me if you will. I need to try to tie this up. I want to take you back to uh, Numbers 14. Why, why, Pastor, do I need to get out of the boat? Why do I need to get out of my comfort zone? i got to answer that question for you before we go. And i got to land this thing in about 10 minutes. But why do we need to do this? Numbers 14, 26 says, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, How long must I put up with this wicked community and the complaints about me? Yes, I've heard the complaints the Israelites are making against me. Uh, now I tell them this, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do this to you, the very things that you've said. He says, you will all drop dead in this wilderness because you complained against me, every one of you who is 20 years old and older that was included in the registration will die. He said, you said your children would be carried off as plunder. Well, I will bring them safely into the land and they will enjoy what you despised. They'll enjoy what you wouldn't believe God for. While you were scared to get out of your comfort zone, they didn't have no choice but to do what you're doing. He said, but you won't never enjoy it, but they will. And he says, I'll bring them safely into the land. Next verse 32 says, but as for you, you will drop dead in the wilderness. Verse 33 says, and your children will be like shepherds wandering in a wilderness for 40 years. In other words, the Lord says, in this way you will pay for your faithful or your faithlessness until the last of you dies. In other words, you got here in 40 days and you could have went in, but I'm going to punish you one year for every day. Wow. He said, and every one of you 20 years old and up will be dead and gone 
except Caleb and Joshua. And then your children will go in and possess the land that you wouldn't possess. You see, God wants us out of our comfort zone. Why do we need to do that? Because I don't want this kind of punishment. I don't want this kind of punishment to come upon me. Verse 36 says, The ten men Moses had sent to explore the land, the ones who incited rebellion against the Lord with their bad report, were struck dead with a plague before the Lord. And of the twelve who had explored the land, only Joshua and Caleb remained alive. In other words, after this report ended that day, those ten spies that gave a negative report that wanted to stay in the little cocoon of safety, God struck them dead. I don't know about you, I'd rather just trust God and live. Yeah. Verse 39 says, When Moses reported the words to all the Israelites, the people were filled with grief. But they got up early the next morning, they went to the top of the range of the hills. Watch this. Here's what some of the other Israelites said. Let's go now. You know what Moses, you know what, uh, you know what those guys said, Joshua and Caleb said now? No, we can't go now because God's not going to go with us now because you wouldn't go at the appointed time. If you go now, the sons of Anak will kill you. But God wanted you to go yesterday. God wanted you to go when the time was available. And now that you've seen these two guys die, or these ten guys die, y'all want to get your heart right. And God says, no, it's 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. You can't go now. It's important to go when the time is right. Let me, let me say this. If we don't get out of our comfort zone and do something different, something daring, we will never know the joy of faith, the joy of adventure. We'll never know that God will always empower us to do what everyone else said we couldn't do. We'll never know the joy of doing the impossible because of believing it was impossible. Let me just ask you this as we get ready to pray. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, what would happen if we tried? So many of us are so scared to death of what's go wrong, what's going to go wrong. We never appreciate what might go right. I had people tell me about coming to Kingsland way back 21 years ago. Man, don't go. The debt load is incredible. This, you know, and everybody, I did not have anybody tell me what might go right. I had to believe God on my own. But I want to ask you this. When everybody's telling you what's wrong and what's wrong, I'm not saying don't get advice. I'm simply saying if God has said do something, when will we stop obsessing over what might go wrong and consider what might go right. When will we consider just maybe God will go with us? When will we consider what if God does what he says he'll do? What if God will deliver me? What if we really could succeed and I really could graduate and I really could do this? Instead of believing all the negativity that has been spoken into your life. So now, here's the deal. You're inspired and you say, well, oh, praise God, I've got something on my mind. I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. And let me say this, 
if you don't write it down now, if you don't commit to it now, you won't even remember it in a week. Somebody will say, what pastor preached on you? say, I don't know, man, but he sure preached a good message. But you won't even remember the challenge to get out of your comfort zone. So I'm going to ask you, if you've got something before you, I don't know if it's a next steps card, I mean, if it's a hay card, there's something there, you can write on it. I want you to take a moment and write down what it is that's going to get you out of your comfort zone. Some of you are contemplating another job. Some of you are contemplating, uh, you know, um, going back to school. Some of you are contemplating doing something for God, leading, volunteering, serving, opening your home. Some of you are contemplating various things. What are you going to do with it? You say, well, Pastor, I know I've tried this before, and I failed. Listen, yesterday ended last night. Uh, somebody needs to hear that again. Yesterday ended last night. So you don't have to live bound to what yesterday and yesteryear has said. But I want you, if you would, to take a pen, take a moment, and write down what it is that you're going to do to get out of that comfort zone. Somebody needs to get up on that bicycle right now, push off of the wall, and I know it might be a little bit wobbly, but I'm going to tell you, God will go with you. God will go with you. Father, I come to you now, and I'm believing you, Lord, for everyone under the sound of my voice to write something down that says this is my next step. I've got to get baptized. I've got to, I've got to go to H-Track. I, 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 I want to lead a group. I want to coordinate. I want to host. I want to serve. I want to do something. I want to go on a mission trip. I want to go here. I, I want to believe God for what he's leading me to. I'm going to do it. So, Lord, I pray for them right now. In the name of Jesus, they would find the courage to say, Lord, this is what you're calling me to do. This is what you're asking me to do. I am going to do it in Jesus' name. Write that down right now. What, it might be a scratch piece of paper you got out of your pocketbook or notebook or the back of something. I don't, it doesn't matter. But as our closing hosts come right now, I want you to write that down and ask the Lord what it'd be. I want you to share that with somebody. To, you know why you need to share it with somebody? Might, you might even need to turn it in back there so that we know somebody will hold you accountable. Amen. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. What a